Good morning, everybody. I hope we're we're doing good this morning. Um, just wanted to to share a, a thought that came to me uh, this morning while I was getting myself together. I've been sitting out here at my mom's house uh, down here in uh, Louisiana came down here to see our group here in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, give them kind of the report of what's going on at the Bahamas and and uh, some situations I just wanted to help in. And we are now gonna head to today, we're gonna head uh, down to Florida uh, to, uh, we're trying to assist someone, we're assisting someone called uh, Crossroads Alliance. Uh, you can look him up. Uh, Steve Ewing is the founder uh, of it and we're partnering with them as far as trying to uh, build back the Bahamas, especially uh, the churches and the pastors and the people that are connected to the churches. One of the things that they've recognized is uh, if we can build the churches back, uh, the people will probably come back. Because uh, course it's a biblical thing you know the church is built on Jesus and so this is the way we can get Jesus's reputation back on the earth but uh, I wanted to also thank you for um, all of you guys who have been following us uh, praying for, for praying for us uh, praying for Susan and I you know I didn't never realized that when you know she put up the GoFundMe um, page that people would give like they have and we just both appreciate it uh, we appreciate your prayers for both of us uh, it's been a, uh, a tiring uh, hard process of uh, this whole deal with the Bahamas uh, there's some situations that I feel like the Lord has got me in to uh, do a little bit more uh, there than just what I've done this this past week um, and uh, honestly, um, I don't want to do it. My flesh, my man side is screaming. I would rather be home and just doing what I want to do. But, uh, you know, when you follow the Lord, uh, you lose your will. And you have to do His will. But if you do His will, if you walk with Him, that's where your happiness is. Uh, but man, our, our will fights it. You know, it wants to isolate itself. It wants to have its time. And uh, that's one of the things I was just screaming about uh, with the Lord, with this new project that's uh, come upon us, because it's not just come upon me, it's come upon me and Susan, which uh, it takes a lot of time and it takes a, a lot of death. And uh, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, when God calls you to do something that you don't want to do, it not it's to kind of twofold. One, yes, God will show up. Two, it will form you into His image. Uh, but the quicker you lay down your life, the quicker you let go, the quicker you die, the quicker, the easier it is, and the quicker the work is, and the quicker the process. And uh, it's uh, it's taking a process with me. I'm still in my own flesh wanting to do my thing and 
you know, trying to fight it. But uh, I am slowly getting there. But uh, I did want to sh share some things, you know, with, with the Bahamas, plus with something that I've been studying since I've gotten down to the Bahamas. Um, there's a lot of rebuilding that's supposed to be done there. And, and uh, since then, I've, I've just been hearing, you know, that the, the scripture or the chapter in Ezekiel 37 where the Lord drops him in a valley, uh, a, a valley of dry bones. And it was deathly, you know. A valley doesn't just have dry bones, but it's got a shadow over it because the sun can't get to it unless it's right over it. And I believe God used Elijah to get the sun over it so that there could be light, or S-O-N. And I think that's the way God's going to use us. He's going to set us in valleys um, where there is no light and where th there is no hope. Um, and... And there's a lot of deathly things that are going on. There's a lot of dry people. There's a lot of destruction and devastation. You know, I've been saying it for years. God will drop you in the places where he needs things done, not where we want to be, you know, have our work done. Most of the time, we like to be dropped in easy situations and good situations, and that's not following the Lord. Most of the time, the easy situations is not the Lord. Um because broad is the way to destruction. Things that are so easy and, you know, and just glorious, you know, there's no room for change even within us. Uh, if, he, if he would constantly drop us into easy stuff. And uh, so anytime you find yourself in a hard situation, it's because God has put you in the spirit. You're now in the spirit and now he's wanting you to put, you know, us to put our ears toward him and uh, start using the power he's given us to change our situation. And uh, we got the chimes going here. Wind started blowing. And that's the way it's happening in the Bahamas. Now, uh, you know, I got a call last night. Um, there's been a lot of pressure going on, a lot of, of fear uh, with some of the guys there. Uh, wondering what in the world's going to happen next, you know, but they're believing in the Lord. Um, had a call last night, you know, one guy that's been doing all of our, uh, he's had a flatbed there and he's been doing all of our shipping, uh, things that come in the ports to everyone. Great man, loves Jesus, and uh, left me a voice message last night and said, well, you know, my boss doesn't want to, he's not going to, uh, build back the hardware store so that leaves me without a job that broke my heart because this man has been working his tail off you know for free because uh, they don't have anything and uh, he asked me just please be praying and uh, that that kind of situation is happening every day nobody has a job it's all ripped away from them and uh, it's seemingly no hope and uh, the first thing that came to me was Ezekiel 37. Somewhere in this, God's going to release his power and his opportunity uh, to, you know, for us to see his glory. Uh, but I think it takes some of us to get to that situation or be, to be put in a situation like that to see his glory. And uh, I think guys like this that, are, that have no job, 
you know, that are in dire need, God's going to put us in their lives to try to help them. We're going to be like Ezekiel. We're going to we're, we're going to have the resources and be able to breathe life into them. You know, prophesying is not just with your mouth, but it's with your life. And uh, I believe that we can prophesy more with our life and the things that we do for one another instead just instead of just our mouth. And uh, but we've got to learn that God's process and His walk is putting us in a valley. He's putting us in dev devastating situations so that He can bring life. And uh, I will tell you, you know, one of the things in this world, which always comes to me, it always comes to a lot of prophetic people, and I call it the spirit of the world, but the spirit, this spirit of this world is kind of like Jezebel, you know. Jezebel wrote Elijah a letter, or sent, him a sent a messenger to him, and, and it says, uh, it says, then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, this is after he did it's something great. And it says, so let the gods do to me, and more also, if if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his uh, servant there. Now, one of the fruits of this the spirit of this world, or you could call it Jezebel, whatever spirit you want to call it, it will try to make you feel like you're the only one that's having the problem. You're the only one that's in this situation. You're the only one that's alive, you know. Nobody understands. Uh, that is the lie of Jezebel. It, it, will, it will send a message to our minds to actually get us alone and isolating ourselves and thinking that we're the only ones going, you know, going through this situation. It makes you think that your world is the only world that's going on, and it's not. Um, there is, there's always someone that's going through something worse than you are, no matter the situation. There's always something, and there's always people out there that are not bowing to that spirit. There are people out there that are overcoming that spirit that tries to get you isolated and tries to make you think, oh, I'm the only one. And and it just tries to get you alone to where God, where the enemy can take you out. And Elijah, you know, takes off running. God tries to feed him. And he finds himself, you know, in this cave. And uh, how many of you guys find you're using your power that God has given you to run to a cave, you know? I don't know how many times that's done. I've done that. The very power that, that God has given me to overcome, I use it to get in my cave. And uh, that's the last thing God's wanting us to do. And so some of us that are, that are really called for this time, this time of destruction and devastation, this time of uh, deception that's in the air, uh, he's going to call us out of our caves. Because we're not supposed to use the power God feeds us with to stay to stay alone, and uh, that's what happened to Elijah. He used the very food that the angels fed him, and he ran to a cave. I mean, what good is that? And uh, we've got to get out. And uh, if if you really want happiness, it's you have to get up and start walking in and doing what God's called you to do. If you, if you find yourself isolated and alone or 
not doing what God is calling you to do, not being led by the Spirit, you will find yourself not happy, uh, in anxiety. You'll you'll worry about tomorrow. You'll worry about your future, and because it's all about you. And when you look at things through your eyes instead of the Lord's eyes, it's always deathly, and it always causes some type of anxiety. And before you know it, you know you've done something that you definitely didn't want to do. And uh, this is the this is Elijah. He's in his cave. And it says, Then he said, Go out, this is the Lord, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in it, wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And, uh, simply this God is going to get our attention he's going to allow things to come in our life that may shake us like this earthquake he's going to allow fire to come into our life to burn things up or to get anything to get our attention so that we can get our ears on the Lord and uh, that's what the Lord is allowing to happen here there's wind you know there's an earthquake and there's fire any of those three that came uh, maybe the Lord wasn't in it, but it definitely got Elijah's attention to, to be postured to listen to the Lord. And so there may be a lot of things that are rattling in your life that are like fire. It's, it's, you feel like you're being consumed or there's an earthquake. Everything's being shaken and there's a wind. It feels like everything you do is blowing to the wind. It's because God's trying to get our attention to get out of our cave to do what he wants to do and uh, if we do what he wants to do to do that's where our joy is anytime I start thinking about myself everything is totally twisted everything is perverted in my mind to think differently and he gets his attention and so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave and suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? In other words, I fed you with angels and you used it to get in this cave. <laughs> and uh, he said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant and torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left. How many of us, how many of us done this? Oh, I'm the only one. Nobody will understand, you know. Nobody understands my situation, Lord. You're the only one. Well, that's a total lie because we're going to hear it here. It says, I alone am left, and they seek to take, uh, take my life. He's, he's saying that, the, you know, I'm basically, my whole life is in ruins. I'm not going to make it. But yet the Lord's standing there talking to him. That's how delusional we can get. You know, the Lord said he'd never leave us or forsake us, but yet when you feel when you're in that we are in this spirit and the Lord still speaks to you, but you choose to stay in this spirit, that shows how delusional that the spirit of this world can get us. God's talking to him, and he feels like he's alone. Think about that. God is speaking to Elijah, and he's saying, I'm alone. Now, that is delusional. 
And uh, but the Lord has grace on him because he understands how the Spirit works, and so he tries. He gets him up out of his situation by getting him going. Watch this. He said, uh, "I am alone, am left, and they seek to take my life." Then the Lord said to me, "Go, return." on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Haziel as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, and Abel, Meloah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. God doesn't even, doesn't even, God doesn't even look at his situation. He says, okay, no good, you know. I'm alone and left. And the Lord says, well, I want you to do this. How many of us really want someone or the God to pet us and have pity on us in our situation? How many of you got, how many of us try to look for somebody to give us pity? But that pity is probably one of the worst stumbling blocks on the path of life. Uh, wanting someone to have pity on us only causes us to lick our wounds even more. And uh, God knows this. God knows that if he can get you up and moving, that's when you start getting healed because you're doing what God is telling you to do instead of what your own selfish mind is telling you to do. And uh, God doesn't even, he bypasses all of that. And he says, I want you to do this. This is why go and do this. So if you want to get out of your cave, this cave of thinking of yourself, Go and do what God tells you to do. If you can't hear him, ask him. Lord, what, what is it that you want to do today? And uh, most in our Western world, we're, we're, we think that we got to do this huge thing so that everybody can see. You know, uh, I hate to say it, but social media, that's one of the evil things about social media. It makes, you think, makes everybody think that you've got to do something big. No, it's the little things that create big things. So if God tells you, oh, well, I want you to get up and go to the grocery store, get up and go to the grocery store. Because as soon as you get up and go to the grocery store, you're in his spirit and you're walking in his ways instead of your own, which gets you out of your loathing of yourself. And uh, that's what God's doing here. And so it says, uh, and, and it shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have, watch this, yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. In other words, hey, Elijah, uh, what you're believing is a lie. What you're believing is delusional. There are so many out there that I've reserved that are, are not in this place of thinking of themselves. They're not in this place of feeling alone. They're with me. They're not bowing to this spirit. They're not going to bow to feeling like they're alone or they're the only one that's left. These guys are not going to bow to the spirit. They're, in other words, we're not going to, these type of people are not going to let the spirit talk to their mind. They're going to listen to my voice and they're going to restore. And, uh, of course, thank God, you know, he gets up, Elijah, Elijah gets up and ends up anointing, doing what God tells him to do. And, uh, of course, that spirit comes down. 
you know, Jehu ends up, you know, bringing Jezebel down, that spirit down. And here's the gist of that. If we will do what God calls us to do, like, and get out of our cave like God is doing to Elijah, there are areas of the spirit of this world that we can bring down that has caused people to feel isolated and alone, which takes them out. And, but yet we've got to do our part. Elijah just did his part, that one little part, which brought down the, that spirit that was ruling, that was taking out his prophets, that were taking out, the, in other words, that was taking out the very ones, you know, that God had called upon this earth. It almost took out Elijah. So Elijah decided to get up, do what God's called him to do, and he basically, you know, through Elijah and that anointing, he brought down that spirit of Jezebel, that spirit that made, that makes man feel like he's alone. Uh, there's no one there, you know. The, the worst thing you can do in life is nothing. Is nothing. Now, nothing means doing your own will. Because we can't do anything that's worth anything without being led with the Spirit of God. And I don't just want to read this part of Ezekiel 37 about life, you know, where we're, what we're called to do. If you want life flowing in your life, then you got to give life. You can't be a consumer of it. you got to be a giver. And that's, that rakes against the coals of selfishness. Uh, I just will be honest with you. Our mind is not going to like it. If you want life, uh, you have to give it. And uh, Ezekiel does this, and it says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. So anytime God puts you in a devastating situation or a pressurized situation, just look around you, really look, because God has now put you in the spirit. But see, we've been taught that being in the spirit is supposed to be this aha moment. No, not when it's time to do God's work. I mean, to do God's work in the real world, it's you, you're going to be under the gun, but you're going to be led by the Spirit, and there's going to be power that's going to be around you if you're choosing to see God in it. Uh, a lot of times our aha moments are really when God, the presence of God comes on us when we're alone and, and we're uh, maybe in worship, all of that, the, when the presence comes on you, it's actually preparation. He's giving you a refreshing, and he's preparing you to drop you in a devastating place so that you can remember, wait a minute, I've got this presence, and I've got to give it here. Don't forget that. Most of the time when presence that is so wonderful comes up on you, and you're feeling good, and you're crying or whatever it is, and there's such a wonderful thing... It's really the core of that. He's, he's causing you to repent. That's his way of getting you turned to start walking in his ways. In other words, being led into these valleys, these devastating places. And when you get there, you, we, we can remember, wait a minute, I've got this presence and this goodness in my life that I can release here. And that's what's happening with Ezekiel. He's learning a big lesson here. It says, then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley. In other words, there was a lot of devastation, a lot of dryness, a lot of dry bones there. In other words, it's overwhelming. 
mean, how many guys are in, in an overwhelming situation? I am. But I've got to look at the Lord. I don't care what anybody's saying. It doesn't. I don't care what's going on around me. I have got to look at the Lord and do exactly what He tells me. I can't. I can't lean on the expectations of people and men because I'm not here to please man. I'm. I'm here to please God, and it takes a death of our whole thing of the fear of man. A lot of times this thing, when we're trying to please people or wondering what people are going to say, it's it's really the fear of man that's working on us and it's controlling us. It says, Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were, they were very dry. And he said, in other words, he sent it his way, and he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Now one of the things is, is that he's seeing it, and he's seeing it his way, but he's still choosing to listen to the Lord, even though he's seeing it in a negative way, okay? There are situations that you'll be dropped into that you will see in a negative way, but you can also turn to the Lord in your, in your consciousness and choose to listen to what God says and see it the way he sees it, all right? Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord God, you know, in other words, he's not choosing to uh, lean on his own understanding, but he's leaning on God's. And again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Now he's even talking to deathly bones, and he's already got a consciousness knowing that the devastation is going to hear his voice. He's got such faith now because he's listened to the Lord. He knows that the devastation and the dry bones that are there, they're going to list, they're going to actually hear what God is saying through him. Man, what kind of faith is that, you know? And so he's, he says, thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely, in other words, he is confident. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. Wouldn't you like to know the Lord? Wouldn't you like to see the Lord? If you really want to see the Lord, look. At, let him use you when you think that he can't. Just trust me on that. When you think that he can't live through, when you think there is no hope, let him in. Let him use you. So I prophesied as I was commanded. In other words, I gave life as I was commanded. I may not have wanted to. I may have, not, I may have had my own mentality. But I'm going to do what God tells me to do. It's like Mary, uh, you know, when they ran out of wine uh, at the wedding. Uh, she told the servants, uh, and looking at Jesus, she told the servant, do whatever he tells you. Because if you do whatever he tells you, something's going to happen. And so they had to take, pour water into clay pots, basically, 30 gallons. And, and when they did what he commanded them, life came into the water, and the water was turned into wine. So I'm sure they were you know, trying to figure out what was going on because it didn't match up with the way wine is supposed to be processed. 
Listen, God, here's, here, here's what I've learned about God. He can do anything he wants to. <laughs> and so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to, to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. In other words, say to the spirit. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breath breathe on these slain, and that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Now, you know, hindsight and the prophetic shadow of this is, man, he, he not only prophesied and did all this stuff in the spirit, but you can see a shadow of Jesus coming. God himself took his breath, his spirit, which was his son, and came in the form of, of man. Breath came upon this earth named Jesus and came into our valley of dry bones, came into your valley of dry bones, and he breathed on you. Jesus' life was a, a breath of God, the way he lived toward uh, around people, the way he spoke to people, the way he cared for them. For them. His life was breath to everyone. And that's the way we're, we're supposed to live. Is our life breath? Is it is it life to other people? Are we taking are these situations, these devastations, and the hard things that, that come in our life as a situation to where, wait a minute, this is the time I can be like Jesus. I can bring, bring life in this situation instead of thinking my, of my own self. We've got to die so that he can live. The way we've been thinking has got to die. Or we're not going to see the true breath of God revive this earth and bring down this spirit that's isolating everyone. So uh, that's my story and sticking to it. You know, uh, I just thought I'd throw this out this morning uh, because uh, it's important. It's time to start building. It's time to start uh, giving life. And honestly, it's just time to stop dwelling in our selfish cave. It's time to get out. I don't have time to think about myself. I've got time to think about God. Think about God more than yourself. Think about the Spirit more than yourself. Think of listening to His voice instead of your voice more than yourself. Think about what He wants instead of what you want. You'd be amazed how much life will come into your life if you start literally changing. And it's like a tipping point in your brain. I'm going to start thinking what he wants instead of what I want. And if I, if I start thinking the things that he wants, I'll get the things that I've always wanted because my desire is to have what he has, what he wants. That's where our real desire is. It's not in our selfish wants. But uh, we've got to get there. We've got to get there. And all of us know out there that, man, it's getting, it's getting selfish. Uh, the spirit of this world, which is like the core of Jezebel, is trying to oscillate us in any way we can, any way she can. And uh, 
Right now, it's through entertainment. You know, that's one of the main things is entertainment. And entertainment will get you thinking about yourself, your self-gratifications. And it's, a, it's, it's a long teaching, but we have got to get out of it. I don't want entertainment. I want to be able to be that person that works and partners with the Lord. And uh, forgetting my life so that I can have his life. I don't want to remember my life. I don't want to have my life. If I have my life, I've got death. But if I choose to lose my life, I'll have life. I will find life. That's where it's at. So, guys, hang on to him. And don't forget us in the Bahamas, you know. Pray for us. If you can, just uh, spread the word. Some of those videos we're sending out, just... Uh, Share them with people and let's raise some money to, to help people uh, down there. I've even thought about how are we going to help these folks get on their feet, you know, that don't have a job. How are they going to have support? They literally have nothing and they're living on an island. They can't come to the United States. Think about that and just, you know, start working unless they want to come illegally. So uh, they're literally an island to themselves right now and there is nothing. And so, but we are, if we choose not to be an island to ourselves, we might could get on their island and, and actually do like Ezekiel. He'll drop you into the Bahamas and you start actually giving life, breathing life. And breathing life is not prophesying to the Bahamas. It's actually uh, building back, you know, devastations. That's breath as well. That's, that's more breath than you can ever imagine, you know. So... Uh, but we're going to get there. All right. Well, I'm going to get ready for church. I think Stephen Alls is speaking this morning. And then uh, I'm going to catch a plane over to Florida. So love you guys. Uh, hang in there. And uh, share this video if you can. I think it will uh, really help a lot of folks. We've got to get out of our caves and stop thinking that our world is the only world that's that that's living you know uh, there are so many people that are overcoming there's so many people that are in worse shape than you and I are and we've got to remember that there are overcomers out there that are not bowing down to selfishness they're rising up to his will instead of their will they're trusting God in everything and that's where I want to get I want to trust God in everything that I need in my life. Everything. I want to I want to be able to trust him in everything. Not just in the things that I feel like he needs to help me in. I mean in everything. Down to my car, down to my food, down to all that stuff because that's where life is is trusting the Lord that he's going to take care of you. And we forget that. We forget God's living in us and we worry about our future. And uh, he's there out there in us. And how in the world can anything go wrong? The way it goes wrong a lot of times is we just find ourselves in that place of thinking of ourselves, and we find ourselves in fear. Then we separate ourselves from that place. So uh, let's get back into trusting the Lord and get up and do what he's called us to do. Not what we feel like God should do. 
He is our God. He is God over us. We are not God over Him. So, all right, guys. I love you. Keep praying for Susan and I uh, because this is a pressurized moment that we're going through. And uh, it is, I can tell you, it is not fun uh, for either one of us because we're having to just, you know, pull up our big pants and, you know, and do what God is calling us to do. And, and it's, a, it's another death. And people say, man, I want to go from glory to glory. Well, that means you're going to go from death to death. There's going to be a, more of a challenge to let go of yourself and to your will. And uh, this has been a challenge, but I think we're going to make it. All we have is the Lord. But uh, and Susan's doing just as much on the base, uh, the headquarters, which is our house, as much as I'm doing, because it takes a lot of strength to hold everything together, you know, while the other one's out. And uh, pray for uh, both of us. Uh, that God not only will give us strength, but he will be able to start sending the people that we need throughout this whole earth, throughout, throughout the United States, uh, to really start doing what God's called us to do. All right, guys. Grace, grace. We'll pray for you, and you pray for us. All right? All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.